Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy, Hold, Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market, and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show. Hey, how you doing? And welcome to LiveWise Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby, and we have an absolutely jam-packed episode for you today. In case you missed it, we surveyed thousands of LiveWire readers in December to see how you are thinking about markets in 2022. So in this episode, we'll be taking a look at one of the interesting findings from that survey. Of course, it wouldn't be Buy, Hold, Sell without us asking our pros to analyse some of your favourite stocks. In this case, it's your top tip small caps to 2022. And for a bit of fun, we'll also also be asking our fundies to choose whether they think Bitcoin or Aussie housing will outperform over the year ahead. But we'll get back to that later. Today, we're joined by John Dennis from Paragon Funds Management and Josh Clark from QVG Capital. Let's jump straight into the survey. 30% of our readers think that right now is a good time to be reducing exposure to risk assets. John, I might start on you. Do you agree? No, Ellie, we actually think quite the opposite as we're bullish on our strong thematics and fundamental stock picks. Whilst we're expecting vol- volatility this year, just like we're experiencing this month, we expect for this to be more than superseded by the globe's decade plus long uh, strong micro drivers from decarbonisation and electrification. Awesome. Over to you, Josh. Are you bullish on equities or do you think that you should be reducing your exposure to risk assets over the year ahead? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't agree with that that sentiment that you should reduce um, reduce exposure to risk assets. Uh, in fact, I don't really think there's many good times to be re- reducing exposure to risk assets. Really, you want to do it when you need the money. Um, one, uh, and that's a very personal question, so you've got to you've got to answer that one for yourself. Or two, if your strategy is to time the market, and from my experience, uh, it's not really it's not the most lucrative strategy that I've seen. It's incredibly difficult. I'd love to know, John, are there any significant changes you've made to your portfolio in recent times? How does that compare, I guess, to your portfolio 12 months ago? Look, given the changing macro or Fed tightening, uh, for the last few months, Ellie, we've been progressively increasing our exposure to resources like nickel and old energy oil and uh, decreasing our exposure to long duration tech stocks. Over to you, Josh. Have you made any crazy changes or massive changes to your portfolio in recent times that I guess looks completely different to how your portfolio looked 12 months ago? Uh, yeah, there's there's one thing that comes to mind. I'm glad you corrected yourself and said massive, not crazy, because uh, <laughs> we never admit to doing anything crazy. Um, but uh, the most significant um, the most significant change in the portfolio relative to say a year or or maybe even 18 months ago was at that time uh, the market was very um, 
very much risk on. Everyone wanted to own tech, tech at any price, um, ex exciting stories and high beta um, uh, was working. It's more the, um, the more speculative, uh, frothy type type stories. And so really we we're, were very careful about shorting any of those names and essentially we stayed away. Um, but I think, you know, we're seeing a bit of a market pullback this month and some of those companies uh, eventually they're, they're going to have to execute to maintain their, their market caps. Uh, and I think that time is, is getting closer and we're seeing it in market sentiment. So yeah, the big difference would be the type of stocks that are in our short book now. And some of those more frothy speculative um, uh, names are starting to enter the short book. Okay, let's kick off with your top tip stocks for 2022. First up, we have your most tipped small cap for the year ahead. It's Poseidon Nickel. Its share price rose nearly 60% in 2021 on the back of strong demand for battery materials. John, I might start on you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? It's a hold, Ellie, and only because of nickel strong fundamentals and likelihood for much higher nickel prices this year, where the punters are likely to be able to throw darts at any stock and do well. However, we don't rate Poseidon's tight assets at all, uh, and we don't rate their silver swan and golden swan resource discoveries. They're tiny, they, uh, they lack any scale potential, and they're also getting very deep, which means they'll be fairly expensive to exploit. Over to you, Josh. Twiggy Forest actually owns a 10% stake in this stock. Could that give investors confidence? Is it a buy, hold or sell? Yeah, it potentially could. Um, I mean, I think Twiggy owns some cows, so I wouldn't recommend that everyone runs out and buys cows. Um, <laughs> okay. back, back, to, uh, back to Poseidon. Look, my views, uh, my view is not dissimilar to John's, um, albeit maybe I've got a bit less conviction around uh, around the nickel price. So my understanding of the asset is that that ground has been picked over for over a decade uh, now, and no one's been able to get it to work su successfully in the past. Um, so that speaks to some of the challenges that they'll have getting it up and up and running, or at least um, or at least in a in a uh, commercial sense. Um, the other thing uh, that sticks out, I think, is the, the grades appear to be a bit lower um, than, than peers. So um, that obviously adds sensitivity to the, to the nickel price um, uh, risk, whether it's to the upside or the downside. Um, uh, and probably the other point to make, I think, is it just means higher throughput through the mill um, uh, and they're older refurbished mills. So there are a few things that can go wrong there. Um, so Poseidon's a sell for me. Next up, we have Life360, a family tracking app based in the US. Josh, I'll stay with you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, my opinion would be uh, Life360 is, is a buy. Um, there's a few things to like about the business. 40% uh, plus revenue growth rates is obviously nice. There's a few tailwinds uh, in there at the moment. Um, it's proved that, that the business can generate some operating leverage should they choose to pull back uh, on the reinvestment within the business. So that's also positive. Uh, and I think the, the other thing that I like about it is um, founder management seem to understand how to create value um, in that stock and the value is to create value for customers. So adding more features, benefits and products uh, into, the, into the bundle should reduce churn. Uh, and then churn gives you a couple of nice things, you know, reduce marketing spend to acquire more customers um, uh, and also greater lifetime customer value. So I think that one's heading in the right direction and, and I'd call that one a buy. Over to you, John. Life360 just acquired location tracking hardware provider Tile, and it also wrangled its way into the ASX 200. Is it on its way up? Is it a buy, hold, or sell? Ellie, it's a hold for us. Uh, we own 360, uh, and it was a, quite a good winner for the fund. 
However, we largely exited the position ahead of the recent acquisition. We like the business a lot. They've developed the leading family tracking uh, services platform. They've got a large market and they've uh, delivered very strong growth, over 40%, even through COVID. However, rising rate cycle with no earnings, we just think it'll face headwinds. It's a, it's a hole for us. Next up, we have Lake Resources. It was the best performing stock on our list. Its share price rose nearly 1,163%. Can it do it again in 2022? John, is it a buy, hold or sell? Ali, it's a massive sell. If you could get the borrow, <laughs> you want to short it. You do not want to be left holding the bag as they go into the truth-telling phase. Lake, uh, they've got a challenging direct lithium extraction brine asset. Poor management, a really lightweight board, and their joint venture partner, I'd almost call a joke. Uh, they paid nothing for their 25% interest, which is a big red flag and says a lot about the asset. Uh, but more importantly, the resource, it's, it's got a substandard brine, and the only way they'll make it work is by throwing lots of asset at it. And good luck with that. It's going to be expensive, uh, that process, and we doubt very much they'll get anywhere near their overly promoted uh, project parameters. And uh, if you prorated the market cap up, the market's paying almost 1.8 billion for the asset, which is so expensive. John thinks it's a sell, but it just announced it was doubling its lithium production target at its flagship project. Over to you, Josh. Do you think it's a buy, hold or sell? Uh, I, I don't think I'm brave enough um, to be as direct as John. I was going to put a, uh, a hold um, uh, on the stock. I mean, there's a lot that John's mentioned um, that I'd agree with in, in that it's difficult. Um, it's certainly going to be a difficult one. Doubling their production targets um, is really something that's on a piece of paper. What you want to see is them double their actual production. Um, that, that's night and day. The reason uh, a hold as opposed to being a bit more negative uh, on it is really it is a play on direct lithium extraction, which hasn't been done before. Um, it makes them a pioneer, and you know there is a risk um, that that saying is true that that uh, pioneers die with arrows in their back. Um, but my my understanding of their partner that is um, Lilac, uh, that's helping them with the technology side of the equation, is that they do um, they do have some IP there. They do have some legitimate backers um, like. You know, the, the energy vehicle for Bill Gates, um, BMW, uh, SK Materials. Um, and there is, there, is a, a, um, there is a material probability that they could make it work. Um, so yeah, on, on, that, um, on that balance, I think the stocks are hold. Okay, next up we have Calix, which is a sustainable material processing player. It saw its share price skyrocket 546% in 2021. Josh, staying on you, is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, I think Calix is a sell. Uh, I'd, I'd love to um, see this being the next Australian success story. Uh, that said, I think there's there's a few risks in there that you're not necessarily getting compensated for. Um, uh, obviously, it's it's very early stage, so not only do they not have revenue yet, but um, but they don't quite have that um, that product developed fully yet. So essentially, it's an early stage um, science experiment. Over to you, John. Calix, is it a buy, hold, or sell? Uh, I get Josh's um, science experiment type comment. It's something I usually say about other rubbish stocks, but uh, yeah, I, I don't agree here. I think it's a buy. It's one of very few ways to gain pure play exposure to the decarbonisation theme. Their growth pipeline is enormous and it's only strengthening with the carbon price breaking all-time highs of over 80, 80 euros a tonne. Uh, the carbon mitigation tech actually works, so I wouldn't call it a science project anymore. And the other thing that I'm, I'm cautious of ordinarily is whether they can scale it up. And it looks like uh, that they'll be able to do that 
Next up, we have Vulcan Energy, which recently made headlines after it was the subject of a short seller report. John, I'll stay on you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, yeah, that short report, Ali, was pretty lightweight and lacked substance. Uh, in any case, it's, it, it's a hold for us and purely due to lithium's bull market strength. Hats off to Francis Wedden, the MD. He's taken this from nothing, like a 5 million market cap to, I think it's now about 1.4 billion fully diluted. Uh, but for us, uh, on a price to uh, fully funded, call it fully diluted, um, unrisked MPV of around a half, uh, it's hard to see it doing much better than that, given they do have an unconventional flow sheet and uh, they're entering the riskiest part of the, of the project's um, life cycle. So that's a hold for us. Its share price soared around 275% last year, despite reporting a loss of 10 million in FY21. Josh, over to you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Yeah, I'd echo some of John's uh, sentiment. I think Vulcan's a sell. Um, it's certainly entering the, the high risk phase uh, and just the, the amount of complications that you can potentially encounter in a project like this really add up. Um, and I don't think you're, you're being adequately compensated. So yeah, one, it's direct lithium extraction. Um, as we've talked about, it's never been, never been done before. Then you're adding the complication of geothermal into that um, in what's not necessarily new tech that they've built, but an existing asset that they've acquired. Um, yeah, I think the asset is, is loosely defined uh, and, and yeah, that's before you start thinking about um, some basics like environmental and, and other regulatory approvals in what is a, a pretty um, meaningfully populated and, and beautiful part of Europe. So I just think the execution is going to be a lot more complicated than what a presentation um, might suggest. And for that reason, yeah, I think it's a sell. Let's move on to Aussie Broadband now. It listed in October 2020 and it's performed exceptionally well since then. Josh, staying on you, is it a buy, hold or sell? I think Aussie Broadband is a buy. Um, it's an internet service provider, as most people would know. Uh, it's an incredibly competitive industry. I think there's something like 100 providers. Um, but despite that, they've been able to differentiate themselves essentially through operational excellence um, and catch some of the the competitors napping, which has been uh, really impressive, speaks to the motivation and quality of, of the team. Um, there's a lot of uh, earnings coming through in the next two years that, that justifies the current valuation. Uh, and then I think you've also got a longer term journey where they're transitioning it to a higher quality business, um, bringing higher value business and SME customers into the mix that are also lower churn uh, and also owning um, some physical infrastructure at high rates of return on, on that capital. Late last year, it acquired over the wire for 390 million. How's that set to transform this telecom player? John, over to you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, it's a hold for us, Ellie. The recent over the wire acquisition was sizable. And so we'd like to see the two businesses successfully integrated. Basically want to see the synergies realised and keeping it simple, we want to see one plus one equals three. So until then, it's a hold for us. Next up, we have email payments. It's the only stop to make a return to your top tips small catalyst this year. John, staying on you, is it a buy, hold or sell? Uh, it's a hold, Ali. We need to see the regulatory issues with the Central Bank of Ireland definitively resolved. We do rate the stock though. Its uh, share price is a long way off its pre-COVID highs. And for EML, unlike many of its tech peers, it's actually a beneficiary of rising rates. So it's a hold for now. As John mentioned there, its share price suffered during 2021. It fell around 24%. Josh, over to you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? 
Uh, yeah, I can't help but agree with with John on this one. Uh, I think uh, I think EML is a hold. Uh, a few things to like about the business. I mean, one one of them is obviously the intellectual uh, property in the products, um, but also the operational leverage that you should get with incremental revenue dollars um, uh, coming into the the PNL um, in a business that's very high gross margin. Um, the problem at the moment is there's a few question marks around what that revenue growth will actually be. Um, you know, I think if you were to list them, obviously the Central Bank of Ireland remediation uh, looks like it's heading in the right direction, but hasn't yet been resolved. So there's a big um, question mark there. I think the return of um, foot traffic to shopping centres and also um, the, the benefit that the gift card business should receive off the back of that is still a bit of an outstanding item. Uh, and one of their recent acquisitions, Newer Pay, has got some pretty ambitious targets out there which at least from the outside looking in uh, look like they'll be difficult to meet. So I think you need some level of resolution on those three question marks um, before it can be a buy. So I think it's therefore a hold. Staying with you, Josh, next we have Brainship Holdings. Its share price is already on a run this year. It's up 122% year to date. Is it a buy, hold or sell? I think this one's fascinating and really unique. Uh, I, I think Brainship is a sell. The valuation for me is outrageous. Uh, the, the last quarterly, I think they did $112,000 of cash receipts for a valuation that was $3 billion last time I looked. Um, I mean, they've got some revenue coming their way with a deal that's um, come across the table for them, a bit over two. $2 million um, revenue coming their way, but that just goes, um, doesn't put a dent in the $3 billion uh, market cap in any sense. And the other quick interesting anecdote that I'll slip in is I, uh, I had a look on YouTube at some um, videos on Brainship and the ones that are talking about the stock, we're getting um, views of 10,000, 20,000 uh, views. And the ones that were actually talking about the underlying technology and its uses, they were getting views of around 500. So I think, I think the stock price has a lot more excitement in it than the underlying technology at this point. So sell. It actually finally bagged a new CEO and it recently announced a deal with Mercedes. Over to you, John. Is it a buy, hold or sell? No, I'm with Josh here. It's a big sell. Indeed, it's been on a tear and well done to anyone that's made money in it. But as Josh said, at a $3 billion market cap, no revenue, high cash burn, it's defying gravity. Staying with you, John. Next, we have automotive and property marketplace business, Frontier Digital Ventures. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Oh, this is a hold for us. You're backing... A strong management team who are behind iProperty and they're, also, they're of course taken out by REA and the guys have demonstrated they can build and scale uh, a classified marketplace in, an emerging, in, in emerging nations and however headwinds from long duration assets means a stock's a hold for us. Over to you Josh, is Frontier Digital Ventures a buy hold or sell? I think um, if you just take a really simplistic view you can call this one uh, a buy um, obviously, something that's that's trading on around ten times um, future revenues in a tech smash up is is pretty scary to buy. Um, but if you think about it on a more long term basis, um, the Australian experience and globally, for that matter, has taught us um, what online classifieds businesses can do. Um, not only can they compound at really high rates of return, but they can do it for extremely long periods of time. Um, Frontier have a diversified portfolio of, of these, and you certainly don't need all of them to pay off. Um, just a, a small amount of success within that portfolio will be enough for the stock to, to make money. Um, and I think as John alluded to, uh, the management team love having a, a founder, owner, manager behind the business. So I think this one's a buy. 
Last but certainly not least, we have Ordinate. Its share price rose around 7% in 2021. Josh, I'll stay with you. Is it a buy, hold or sell? I really, I really like this business. It's a hold for me, uh, though. I've admired it from afar from a long time, but always struggled to uh, get my head around valuation for this one. Uh, I remember a while ago, back when you could travel, um, uh, going to an audiovisual conference in Las Vegas, where all of the OEMs like Yamaha and Shaw and, and Bose and the like were advertising that they were using Ordinate's technology. So uh, really gave a bit of insight into how much they dominate that niche within audio. Uh, and also have the potential over a longer period of time to do something similar in video. But I think just to, to earn a reasonable return out of the stock, you need to buy it at a lower valuation um, or you need much um, you need video to be much more progressed than where it is at the moment. So that one's a hold. Last one for you, John. Ordinate obviously suffered during the COVID lockdown, so there's obviously no concerts. But now with reopenings kind of happening around the world, could this be a winner? Is it a buy, hold or sell? Ellie, it's a sell for us on valuation. Uh, we actually own this from the IPO when the easy money was made. And like Josh, we also really like the business. However, the market's already pricing in excessive amounts of growth. And we see continued supply chain issues uh, around chip shortages, which we think will impact the business. So it's a sell for us. Okay, we've had a lot of sells in there today. So I might put our fundies on the spot and ask them to select a stock that they think can outperform in 2022. John, I might start on you. Is there a stock that's really exciting for you? Uh, yes, Ali, Lithium Power International, LPI. It's a bankable feasibility complete or construction ready lithium developer. And we think it'll at least double this year despite its re-rate. Uh, they've got arguably the best undeveloped lithium brine asset um, globally, uh, one of the best um, in, in South America anyway, uh, and it's a conventional lithium brine asset, unlike some of the others we talked about in the episode. Uh, what's kept people away in the past is it's had a convoluted ownership structure, and uh, that's all about to be cleaned up in our view. And in terms of um, pricing metrics, they're attractive. It's only trading on a price to... Um, fully funded MPV of around a quarter. And so uh, we see strong upside and you're getting the stage, the lucrative stage two for free. So it's a buy for us and full disclosure, we're, we're long. Okay, over to you, Josh, your time in the hot seat. Is there a stock that you're backing for the year ahead? To keep it small, um, but not super spicy, one that's maybe a little bit boring, a longer term compounder that you can put in the, the bottom drawer, I might call out Pacific Smiles. Um, so they run dental centres, so many of your readers um, might have even uh, been there in the past. But uh, what I like about it is the strength and management team um, from where they've been uh, in the past, high returns on capital, really long runway for, for revenue growth. This thing can grow forever in a day. So I think you've got um, uh, long-term returns in, in something like Pacific Smiles. Okay, before we sign off for today, we thought we'd ask John and Josh for their thoughts on two popular, if not controversial asset classes. 60% of you voted that you think Aussie housing will outperform in 2022, while 40% of you voted for Bitcoin. But let's see what our pros think. Josh, I might start on you. Do you think Aussie housing or Bitcoin will outperform over the year ahead? Oh, look, I'm, I'm gonna go with Aussie housing on this one. Um, I've got to make the point that it's a pretty cruel question because uh, I'm sure you know that I've got no idea how to predict the Bitcoin price. Um, but if I was to have a go at it, you, you'd say at least uh, with Australian housing, you've got some fundamental indicators of value and where price should be. Obviously, things like rental yields, um, affordability, availability of debt, that sort of thing. 
So that's that's going to keep um, house prices within within a natural band. Bitcoin, on the other hand, doesn't have those uh, elements. So the price could be anything, uh, at least in my view. So I think you just need to ask yourself, is it a risk on or a risk off uh, environment? Uh, because the additional volatility in, in Bitcoin is probably going to make it move further than, uh, than Australian house prices. Um, and yeah, I think uh, over, over the next year, um, if anything, a bit of heat is going to come out of it. So I'll, uh, I'll bet on the bricks and mortar. Your time in the hot seat, John. Should readers expect further weakness out of Bitcoin this year? What are you backing for 2022? As you say, Ali, it's still viewed as controversial, but we believe it'll be Bitcoin. And that's knowing that it's down over 20% this month and starting on the back foot. And that's because we see Bitcoin as a digital gold, i.e. a store of wealth, and we're, we're constructive on gold's outlook. And as for Aussie housing, it's had a massive run and it's a bit hard to see that repeating near term. So comfortably calling Bitcoin as the winner. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to John and Josh for your analysis. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If so, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding new content every week. And I hope everyone had a lovely holiday period and kept as safe and well as possible. Here's to an even better 2022. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos, and podcasts.